all sorts of young men that we enjoy a special time with. Of course, a great feast, a great time of food and fellowship. And so my lovely wife, Katie, here, and we have uh, four precious children. Uh, amen. Yes. I married up, that's for sure. <laughs> uh, the more you get to know about me and get to know my wife and I, you can definitely tell that I married up. I'm thankful for my wife, and she's such a, such a tremendous blessing. Um, you know, I believe God calls a team. He creates a team. And we don't look at this as my calling, and then the family just gets in the line, but rather this is a team effort. Uh, even though God called me to preach when I was 11, uh, around the same time, my wife was burdened by the Lord to be an evangelist wife. Amen. And she was just surrendered to whatever God would have her to do, but she had that desire. And then she got stuck with me. Anyway, <laughs> but uh, no, the Lord, so we look at this as a team effort. We're thankful we could be here together and our children, precious children. David is 11. We do have prayer cards. Please grab one of those. Uh, they're out. Um, thank you, Pastor. That's a prayer card. What's that? Yes, it's a prayer. Oh, no, sir. I was just going to show it, but you can take it and you'll have the first one. Amen. That's right. He's ready to roll. But uh, we do have them out on the table. So when you leave, please grab one of these and pray for us as we crisscross the country. And we're thankful to be here in New Zealand. Thank you for the opportunity to come. We don't deserve it, but we're thankful and delighted that the Lord would give us opportunity to serve you. Uh, there's all sorts of information on the back. And specifically, uh, there are prayer requests. Please pray these, claim these. Uh, we desire for the Lord to do a great work because we know that God can, because God is still God. And so let's see what God can do in our lifetime. Amen. We're not here to play church. Amen? Amen. We're here to pursue what the Lord has and go forward with a sacred fire burning in our hearts, each and every one of us to save souls from hellfire. What's the point of it all if we're not living for the Lord? Amen? Amen. It's, it's time to live for Jesus. And of course, as our theme is going to be this week, pray ye therefore the Lord of the harvest that he will send forth laborers into his harvest. Sometimes I wonder why we got to pray it when we are the answer. Amen. And sometimes we need to pray it just because God is needing to get a hold of our hearts uh, to be in line with his. And we realize our need to be yielded and surrendered. As we preached this morning, we had a great time at Fellowship Baptist Church. Uh, Brother Bong was a tremendous chaperone and bodyguard and all that kind of stuff. No, we had a great time together and just a tremendous service. Enjoyed the fellowship and him zooming that car in and out. I mean, we were winning races all left and right, man. It was great. And so what's that? On the wrong side of the road. Yeah. <laughs> so, anyway, he did tell us that story. And so I began to pray, oh, God, help us. <laughs> so, and the Lord gave help. But it was great. And sure do love you. Thank you. Thank you for uh, adopting us as a family. But we do have our four children. David is 11 and Jonathan is nine. Julianne, uh, Alyssa is seven. And then Juliana is four. We are expecting our fifth. My wife is 12 weeks along. And I say this, I don't know how you receive it. Hopefully you don't receive it the wrong way, but my wife and I were not actively praying for more children, although we were open to it. Children are a heritage of the Lord and we're thankful for it. Our approach was foreign, maybe more, uh, but we were not actively praying about it. However, our children were praying about it and they were praying, God, give us another one. And so God answered their prayers. And when we told them on Christmas Eve, wow, they were just so thrilled. And they had a little Christmas gift bag there and they're taking out the tissue paper and they see the onesie about coming soon with a little uh, illustration there of little baby feet. And they were just so excited and we're thankful for that treasure and that blessing that God gave us. And so do pray for us as we do crisscross the country and full-time evangelism about 10 months out of the year. And so you can see more about our ministries online. As those are listed, we have a track printing ministry uh, that uh, the Lord dropped into our laps. Long story how that came about. But we're at over 5 million printed since 2017, 2017. And we have also something called the Gospel Film. This was released back 
in June of 2020. I do encourage you to grab these cards. I've got several of them. They're great soul winning tools. And on the back is the QR code that you can scan with your phone or you can go to the website, thegospelfilm.com and watch that video. It's about 14 minutes long, just a simple explanation of the gospel. The Lord has allowed us to be able to get that in 20 plus languages now. It's had a foothold in over 110 countries. To God be the glory. Uh, there's been great things that God has been doing, saving souls around the world through that. Over 23,700 that we know of that have reached out to us that have trusted the Lord Jesus Christ as their personal savior. We do have a campaign right now going on in social media. Over 100,000 people in Auckland alone have had one-on-one -on -one contact with this film on Facebook. And so we actively have those campaigns going just to be able to sow the gospel seed, amen? And we look at that as a sowing the seed ministry and that has reached um, well over 200 million with the gospel. We do have this video here called Redeeming Hope. This is a feature length film. This card is available also on the table, redeeminghope.com. The story is about a war veteran struggling with PTSD and just haunted by his past and some things with military experiences. And this spirals him into alcohol. He leaves his wife, he falls into the wrong crowd, gets involved with drugs. Kind of a dark story, but it's presented carefully and prayerfully. So that way it can even be a warning to young people to stay away from the vices and the addictions of sin. And God has been using it. Uh, just this past week, uh, we just came off of nine services, Sunday to Wednesday in Florida, got on a plane, here we are. But uh, anyway, one of the services we showed Redeeming Hope, over 100 young people came to the altar uh, making a vow to God to never taste a drop of alcohol on their lips, not to do illegal drugs. That's what it's all about, amen? Uh, staying pure and dedicating yourself as a, as a temple that God can use, a vessel that God can use. Uh, through this film, since May, when it was released in May 2023, there have been 7,618 souls that we know of that have trusted Christ as their personal savior. It's also now in the Telugu language in India. And we were driving up the road and I saw an Indian church down the way. I don't remember what it was called, but I noticed the font. It, it was in Telugu. And so it's there in Telugu to reach people in India. And I'm praying that God would open up more doors for this film to be translated and professionally overdubbed as it is a great, great soul winning tool. And at the end, the gospel is clearly presented. Um, as it's been translated into the Indian language, the Lord has put together uh, a team that has been working with us and under our ministry to host evangelistic crusades there, national preachers. And so join with me for 90 seconds as we watch this film to behold what God has done. This is all the Lord's doing and it's marvelous in our eyes. Behold what God has done since October 18th, just a few months ago. It's just music. Just show the video if you'd like. It's no problem, brother. No problem. This just gives you some perspective. 13,150 plus people in attendance. Vast majority of them Hindu. Many of them have never heard that there was a God who loved them and that died on the cross for their sins. Is God not powerful enough to be able to save souls in absolute blindness and, and darkness? Absolutely he is. Uh, several of them, uh, even some testimonies. We've received hundreds of testimonies of how God has literally transformed their life. This is our man on the ground, Bharat Kumar. Uh, over 4,120 that have trusted Christ. And this is the Lord's doing. It's marvelous in our eyes. There have been churches started as a result. One church alone that ran 20 people, over 60 people joined the church just one night as a result of a crusade that was being conducted. 
And we just want to give you a taste and just show you what God has done. These are independent fundamental Baptist preachers that we're working with and through as various folks will come together as they, you know, soul winning still works. Amen. Amen. Pass out gospel flyers and invitations and just pray for the power of God to do a work. There's a young lady weeping herself to Christ. And this truly is the Lord's doing. And it's marvelous in our eyes. But many of them, I could take the time, I won't tonight, but take the time and read the testimonies, how the people, even some, were considering to commit suicide and how that they just did not have any hope. But that night, watching that film, they realized that there was a God who loved them, that Jesus was not the God of just the Americans or Western Europe, but this was anyone's God who would truly trust in him and turn to him alone to be their personal savior. So thank you, brother, for showing that. I do appreciate that. You know, I feel like it got a little cooler with the lights off. Anybody else? And so anyway, okay, you can turn the lights on if you want, or you can keep them off. doesn't matter to me. And so now it's at that awkward spot. What do we do? But we do have CDs out here as well. My wife is going to prepare uh, to sing here in just a moment. And after I'm done testifying these, could I get, get a couple of guys to move this microphone over there so that way we can get this squared away from my wife? You could actually do it now if you'd like. And I'll just mention these things. But we do have some music albums available. Uh, these last three CDs recorded with live symphony orchestra, beautifully done. My wife uh, conducted the orchestra, did a great job with that. This is our most recent CD. This came out on Wednesday, just a few days ago. Just in time to be able to bring over here to New Zealand. Amen. And so you're one of the first churches. Yeah, one of the first ones to get access to this. And there's seven songs out of the 12 uh, that are original with our family. My wife has written over 30 songs in the past several years. And so this one features seven songs that she's written. And um, we may sing some tonight, uh, we may not, but we'll sing some during the week. Also this one here, our kids are singing with us in all three CDs here, but they do specifically have a children's album called Sweeter Than the Day Before. 20 songs that our kiddos are singing, I think your family would enjoy. Uh, several of them, uh, songs are backed with a kids choir on the choruses and such. And lastly, this one here, I have a limited supply. That sounds like I'm trying to market it, but I'm not. But I'm just warning you, a limited uh, maybe have 15 of these left. I have several of these, but this one here um, is a piano CD by my wife. It's called Meditative in Classics. And my wife I just sat behind the piano in just a matter of hours, just prayed for the anointing of the Holy Spirit, and then prayerfully and peacefully prayed through several hymns, 20 hymns of the faith. And this is personally, for me, been a great encouragement in my walk with God. I love playing in the background as I'm working, as I'm reading my Bible, as I'm praying. It's a non-distracting type music. You know, piano can get real like distracting, but this is very peaceful. If you work a secular job and you've got a cubicle there in the office, it's that kind of music you can softly play in the background, and uh, it would not distract from what's going on around you, but help you stay in that spirit as you mind the Lord. All right, my wife and I are going to sing a song here tonight, sing a few. Uh, the first song I believe we're going to sing is one that we sang this morning, the song entitled Only by His Grace. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter number 15, but by the grace of God, I am who I am. None of us have anything to glory of. None of us have anything to boast or brag about. See what the Lord Jesus Christ has done for us. Amen? Because it got me the glory that we could be testimonies of His grace. May we be trophies of His grace and witnesses sharing this with the lost and dying world. By the way, who deserve to have the exact same chance that we've had. To know that they can be saved too. And they can enjoy the goodness of God available through His grace. <laughs>
When you tap on the mic like this, there's actually a crystal inside that helps with the amplification. So you want to be careful. A lot of times you just tap like this if you need to know if the mic is on. Because sometimes this way, if you do it too hard, it will dislodge that crystal and a microphone can break. So with that in mind, <laughs> just joking. But anyway, uh, this next song, I feel weird holding this. All right, but that's okay. All right, fantastic. This next song we're going to sing tonight um, is entitled, Oh Great God. I pray that we're overwhelmed with who God is. Amen. I preached this morning uh, out of Romans 12, verse number 1, and the Lord just gave us a wonderful time together as in the midst of that, toward the beginning of the message, but in the midst of that, just God breaking through, encouraging people about a fresh recognition of our Savior, seeing Him for who He is, never getting over the fact for what He's done for us, to never take His grace for granted. Amen. Have we lost the wow of His wonder? <coughs> Him saving your soul, being a child of God, we should never lose the awe, the excitement, the exhilaration of what he has done for us. And we'll get more into that here tonight as we get into some things in the book of Titus. Uh, but just would you pray through this song unto the Lord. Give God thanks. Give him the glory over what he's done for us in saving our souls. But then this song transitions to a song of prayer as we seek to dedicate ourselves. Now that we're saved, that would be surrendered and that would live for the Lord and that God would live through us. Love you. 
That should be our, should be our overwhel overwhelming desire to bring him the glory for Christ to be exalted, magnified, have that place of preeminence in our hearts. And so that way he can have preeminence and a place in the hearts of those around us. Every single day could be our last. Yeah. Think about it for a moment. This could be it. The trumpet could sound. No more time to magnify. No more time to glorify. No more time to evangelize. No more time to give and go. The trumpet was the sound. Yes, the best is yet to come. But do we live as if every single day is our last? The trumpet could sound. Of course, the Bible does testify that there is but a step between me and death. Um, I don't wish death on anyone, but death is coming. If the Lord doesn't come back, we're all going to die and cross from this life into the next. And what's going to matter most is what you've done for the Lord as you seek to live for Him. And this song that's going to prepare our hearts for the message tonight in the book of Titus, chapter number 2. If you'd like to turn there to get a head start, um, Titus chapter number 2, so we can find our place rather quickly after this song. Uh, this will prepare uh, our hearts, Lord willing, for the preaching of God's Word as we sing this song entitled, This Could Be the Day.
I don't go now, I ain't going to get it later. <laughs> this sounds horrible, but I don't know how you function with this plant, this pulpit. Because my stuff is going to go all over the place. I know. Oh, man. And so, now I'm not complaining. Please don't. Go I shouldn't have said it anything like that. Now everybody's going all scrambling to try to help me. <laughs> but anyway, I think we got it. I think we got it. Are you in Titus? The Lord has given me wisdom here, all right? All right, Titus chapter number two. How many of you are there in Titus chapter number two? Would you say amen? Amen. Wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. Titus chapter number two here. And things might get a little loud, so you might want to turn this down just a hair here tonight. Titus chapter number two. Titus two, verse number 11. God has stirred my heart for us to go uh, in this text. This morning in Sunday school, we had a combined revival service in that Sunday school or Bible hour. And the Lord completely changed things on me and stirred my heart to preach a message that he gave me from my devotions this morning. And I was thankful for Brother Bong driving so that way I could work on trying to write that thing out. And it was just a, a good time of reflection um, there this morning, preaching out of the book of Mark, uh, the story about the son that brought his, his possessed son to the disciples. And they couldn't do it. They couldn't cast him out. And then, and then to Jesus and things. And the father in tears just weeping and crying out saying, Lord, I believe. Help thou my unbelief. And Jesus encouraging him saying, listen, if thou believest, all things are possible to him that believeth. Amen. Do you believe beyond a shadow of a doubt, you're completely convinced and no one can change your mind otherwise, that God has a physical property and building for this body of believers? Amen. 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 If we don't fully believe, we're literally hindering the hand of God and suffering from the sin of unbelief. And God will not pour himself out in a miraculous way if we doubt. Rather, as we'll be getting into later this week, I'm eager, excited about it, about where Jesus talks uh, there in the New Testament about when we pray, we got to pray believing without doubt in, our, doubt in our hearts. And man, we can see God move mountains and we can see God do miracles. I want to see God move mountains. Amen. I want to see God do miracles and God is still capable of moving mountains because God has not changed. God is still capable of doing miracles because he is the God of the impossible who specializes in the supernatural and the miraculous. I'm tired of reading about revival and reading about the stories. I want to be smack dab in the center of it, experiencing it underneath the spout where the glory comes out. Amen. And to see showers of blessing, not a little trickling of God, a little, little uh, this and a little bit of that, uh, but a sprinkling. But I want an, a flood upon dry grounds. I want there to be water that's poured out. I'm thirsty. I'm thirsty for God to do a work. You stop anything about New Zealand and God, we might give more perspective about this. And I presume that you're familiar with it. But there have been wonderful outpourings of God in yesteryear. Revivals, God saving souls and doing a sweeping work. And I am convinced that God can still do it today. Amen. And it's going to take hearts. Not, we're not talking about blind naivety. Oh, I think so. Yeah, I believe it. Whatever. No, but someone that is all in. Where there is a straightening of the backbone and shoulders. There is a clenching of the jaws. There is a, a rising to the occasion, a waking up out of the sleep and the apathy and the slumbering and saying, listen, I know that I can't do it, but God can. Let's see what God can do. God use me as a vessel and as a voice for your glory and the furtherance of the gospel. This is the kind of guts it's going to take for God to do a work. And we see that in this text. People that need guts for God. 
That's not the title of the message, but you'll see it later on in this text here as we get to the end of this passage of Scripture. My heart is just so full, just so full. Uh, Titus 2, verse number 11. Do you see that verse? Would you say amen if you're there? Titus 2, verse number 11. Amen. The Bible says, For the grace of God that bringeth salvation hath appeared to some men, hath appeared to most men, hath appeared to all. He is not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. He would have all men to be saved, the Bible says, and come, whosoever will may come, and drink of the water of life freely. Doesn't matter who you are, what your background is, right. what religion you have been blinded and deceived with. Yep. Listen, you can experience the wonderful supernatural salvation of Jesus Christ even instantaneously in your heart as you turn to him by faith and accept him as your personal savior. Yep. I'm thankful that the grace of God is made available to all people, no matter who you are, what your background is, or what you have committed in your life. Right. My dad got saved out of a life of drugs and alcohol at the age of 32. He grew marijuana. He was a profuse liar. We were driving on the road and you got those hell's angels with the bikes. My dad was one of those. Not a hell's angel, but he was a part of gangs and that sense of bikes and just a rough guy. He was the guy, if you've ever heard the expression, uh, drop the hat, you fight at the drop of a hat. Have you ever heard of that expression? You're like, eh, what? But anyway, there's an expression, in, in, especially in Ireland and in England and some in America and the, on the East Coast that, uh, man, that guy, he's just got such an anger problem that he'll fight you and get angry at the drop of a hat. So if you took something, all right, I'll take this card. And so, you know, if this was my hat, all right, there it is. And I take it. And then as fast as that hits the ground, I'm punching you in the face. My dad was the kind of guy that would punch you in the face before the card hit the ground. He was just a bad guy. But the grace of God can transform any life. Amen. My mother was a, and I say this in respect and in love, she's our greatest prayer warrior. She's an Italian woman from New Jersey. Maybe that means nothing to you, but man, they, they were... <laughs> Uh, they speak with their hands and they talk and they can just get in your face. Anyway, she was a very bad dancer in very bad places. And God saved my parents out of a wicked lifestyle. And when my dad died and went home to be with the Lord about four and a half, five years ago, I preached his funeral. He said, son, I only want one song sung at my funeral. Amazing grace. Because I want that to be the hymn that people remember. When they think about my life and my testimony, to think about where God saved me from and what God, where he brought me because of his grace. I wonder here this evening if God's grace is real to you. How many of you have been born and raised in a, a Christian home? Maybe you're a second generation or a third generation Christian. Would you raise your hand? There's some. How many of you, you're not first gener uh, second generation. You, you're a first generation Christian. Um, you didn't, what, weren't born and raised in a Christian home. Would you raise your hand? Is that, how many is that in this room? Okay, and then we got people in between. So we got a lot of law spoken here and you can get saved today. You can get saved today. And everybody's like, are you serious? I ask a question and respond. How many of you were born and raised in a Christian home? Would you raise your hand? Would you raise your hand? How many of you were not born and raised in a Christian home where a salvation by grace through faith and uh, you got saved from a past? Would you raise your hand? Several others in this room, several others in this room. Those of us that had been born and raised in a Christian home, if we're not careful, the wonder of what God has done in our family, what God has done in our lives in saving us, He saved us just as much as He saved our parents or our grandparents. Yep. 
We will lose that awe, as we talked about a moment ago. We'll lose that thrill, that joy, that exhilaration that can consume us, the joy unspeakable, the full of glory of how that he has done something so great and rich and free for us that we did not deserve. I believe this evening that if God's amazing grace was real to you, according to the Bible, you can jot this down if you'd like to take notes. I always encourage people to take notes. Number one, the grace of God should always bring a great delight. A great delight. That we would never get over our salvation. That if we have gotten over our salvation, that we would pray as we find David praying in Psalm 51, Restore to me the joy of thy salvation. I'll quote scripture. You don't have to look it up. If I quote it, I don't give you a reference. Don't worry about it. But restore me. Lord, that means I've lost it. I've lost it. I used to have it, but I don't got it anymore. And I've lost the thrill. I've lost the excitement. God, forgive me of this. Restore, refresh, renew, reignite, revive my heart. Restore to me the joy of thy salvation. Now, why does he say thy salvation? Well, because we don't save ourselves. Amen. It's him who saves us. It's not my salvation. It's not me holding on to Jesus, so to speak. It's Jesus holding on to me. He's Amen. the one that offers it so great, rich, and free. And he offers, his, offers it as a gift. He is the one who did all the work. And we simply just cry out in our sin saying, God, save me. Save me. I believe. I trust in you to be my personal Savior. There should be a great delight you stop anything about revival history, and I mentioned this this morning in passing, and I like how this is all dovetailing together, and I'll, I'll stop re, you know, sharing after this this morning. That's irrelevant. we got a service tonight, uh, but I think it's kind of cool how all these things dovetail together if you were a part of that service, which you weren't. But uh, when you stop and think about revival history, many times the spark of revival in a community, in an area, would start when Christians receive their joy back again for how God had saved their souls. Amen. They had backslidden. They had fallen away from the Lord. They lost that joy. It became um, common to them, ordinary to them, average to them. The wonder had worn off. And when it hit them afresh and new that God saved me, that I deserved to die, go to hell. And I'm saved. Thank you, Lord. And then the awful realization hits them, oh God, what have I done in taking for granted what you have done for me? God, forgive me of this. And God, restore to me this joy. God's amazing grace, if it's real to you, it ought to be real. If it's real to you, if it means something to you, According to the Bible, here in this verse, number 11, for the grace of God that bringeth salvation hath appeared to all men. When I read this verse, I'm finding excitement. Man, he's pumped. He's thrilled. Talking about grace, bringing salvation, hope, redemption, set free from the shackles of sin. Uh, hell no longer being your eternal destiny where there's weeping and gnashing of teeth. Being in heaven where there's the Lamb's book of life and the streets of gold for all of eternity with Jesus. No more suffering and pain and agony and hardships. But with Christ forevermore, bring a salvation hath appeared to all men. Amen. It's not just for a select few. It's for anybody who will come. A delight. Man, this is awesome. Are you Amen. kidding? I can't get over this. And as a Christian, someone who genuinely has a walk with God, and someone who genuinely is seeking the Lord as he ought to, she ought to day by day, I believe that delight will grow even sweeter and grow even bigger. Amen? Amen. Mm. 
I want to interject something here, not because I have an agenda. I'm just preaching from my heart and a scrap piece of paper. All right. But as I preach from my heart and mind, the Holy Spirit revival is a needed thing. I need revival daily. I don't know about you, but I need a revival daily. And you, we can experience a revival daily. But I believe that many times we can become settled. And if I could be so bold as to say tonight, and I believe this after traveling, we're not, you know, only been traveling 15 years, but uh, in that period of time of 15 years, we have observed this not to be critical or harsh or judgmental, but it's just fact. The people who need revival the most are the ones who don't think they need it to begin with. The wonder wears off and yeah, I'm good and I'm fine and yeah, I'm in church and things become just so ritualistic. Ritualistic. Rather than be there being something real there where there's a delight and a fire and a joy and a craving and a yearning and all of these things that we could discuss tonight. Lord willing, we'll get more into this week. My heart is burdened about preaching toward revival. I encourage you, if you're able to be here in these services, because we're eager to see what God is going to do in us and how God will take this core. God will take these preachers. And God, could it be, could ignite a greater spark and a greater fire to be able to take it to the regions beyond in this area of New Zealand and for God to show up in a great manifestation of His power for the salvation of souls, to spare our generation and our civilization from the very grasp of Satan himself who ain't playing games and who's not messing around and he's doing everything he can to destroy everything we hold dear. So it's time that we stop fooling around. If we are. It's time that we mean business. Wow. I say this very carefully. And we were going somewhere with all of this. Many times the people who need revival the most are the ones who don't think they need to begin with. Kind of a random thought, but what triggered that is this second observation. Sometimes the people who need revival the most are the ones who have been saved the longest. Because that wonder wears off. Meet a new believer in Christ, man, there's a, there's a radical fire like, woo, you know, just thrilled. If they were chandeliers swinging, you know, and just excited and take the coat off and, you know, and, you know just excited. Wow, I'm saved. My name's written down to the last man. I'm not going to hell. Come on. Glory to God. Where are the people who have been saved for 30 years like that? Well, I become mature in my faith. Come on. That's right. But there are so such sweet Christians that have been saved for 30 plus years. And if their heart is right with God and they're seeking the Lord in that freshness day by day, hey. in His Word, man, they're more pumped and excited than those who just got saved. And that's wonderful. But many times, those who need revival the most are the ones who have been saved the longest. May the Lord deliver us from that if we are gripped by that Spirit. If you've lost a freshness and a delight in what His amazing grace has done for you, I encourage you to search your own heart. Search me, O God. Search me. See if there be any wicked way in me. I believe it's a wicked thing to lose the joy of our salvation. I just put it out there. I believe it is a wicked thing to lose a heart filled with gratitude and thanksgiving and praise for Him saving our souls 
You deserve to die and go to hell. Who do you think you are? Who do you think you are to take for granted what God has so freely and gloriously done for us? Say, man, you're getting intense. Well, I think the Lord's heart is pretty intense on this. You know, and I'm not trying to get in anybody's face. You want to, well, they don't know that because they don't know us. But my heart, they're like, man, they just, everybody needed to laugh there. I sense it. But anyway, it's true, man. That, that's really sometimes what we need a wake up call. Yep. Yep. Hey! Because we just float along the way thinking the world revolves around us and look at me and who I am as a child of God. No. That's right. No. That's right. If God's amazing grace was real to you, it will bring a great delight. Amen. Thank God for what He has done. Jesus, thank you for dying on the cross for my sins. Thank you for being willing to have the whip upon your back and the crown of thorns upon your head that you would go all the way to the cross and let them. You are the God who's in control of tens of thousands of angels that in a moment, a moment, could have come to your aid to help you. But yet you willingly let them nail you to that cross and you bled and died in such shameful conditions, hanging naked upon that tree, so bloodied and bruised, so that I could have eternal life. That's what should grip us. Amen? Our feet hit the floor. God, thank you for what you've done every single day. God, thank you for what you've done. Let's move on tonight. Verse number 12. Titus 2, 2 verse number 12. Notice the grace of God that saved us is not done with us. The grace of God that has saved us now wants to be our schoolmaster. It wants to teach us. Teaching us. I got to pause. Not because I'm trying to drag out a message, but because this thought hit me. Do we have a teachable spirit? That's right, yeah. God wants to teach us something. He that hath an ear to hear, let him hear. Now let's not just be a hearer of the word, but a Why on earth do we learn something? So we can let it go through one ear and not the other? No. We learn, by the way, you'll find this in Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy, he's quick on the church. <laughs> but Deuteronomy talks about we learn, we listen, so we can learn, so we can go out and live it. We hear it, so that way we can heed it. We receive the instruction, so we can implement it within our heart. So it affects our daily life. That's right. God's grace wants to teach you and teach me. Does Caleb Garraway have a teachable spirit? Or has Caleb Garraway arrived and become a spiritual know-it-all? Mm. Oh, I know, I know. I've read the Bible like 20 times, brother. I'm good. No, I'm good. That is a dangerous place of self-sufficiency where I have lost my realization of needing Him to teach me and guide me and hold my hand, I hold his hand every single step of the way, no matter how long I have been saved. My absolute desperate need for God. How desperate are you for God? Amen. How much do you crave to be taught? That's why we need to be in our Bible every day. Amen. Read your Bible. Yep. Read your Bible. Even yep. if it's just for a verse, yep. I think we can do more than that. Yep. He is worthy. Man, a chapter, three chapters, five chapters, ten chapters, whatever it may be that you're doing through your Bible to be here for the preaching of God's Word. Why? Because we can't function without Jesus. Right. We need the Bible. Amen. 
We need truth. Amen. No one ever arrives. But honestly, the older you get, the more you realize, the less you know. That's true. Yeah. Man, we need him more. And anybody who's been saved for any length of time realizes, man, good night. I, pff, I'm a work in progress. I need the Lord. Man, God's trying to teach us. I'm encouraged by that because God is looking at you and looking at me saying, hey, I want to help you. As we teach our children, why are we teaching our children? Because we want them to be the best version of themselves. To reach their full potential. You are God's child and so am I. And God's saying, son, daughter, I want to teach you something. Now, you've got to have a spirit that's going to receive what I'm going to teach. You've got to have an ear that's going to hear. And then after you hear it, don't sit on it. Don't squander it. Apply it and live it. God wants to help us. I'm encouraged by that. God looks at you and he believes in you and he wants you to become the best version of yourself that is only possible through his principles and in his spirit, by his presence. Okay, moving along in verse number 12, teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lusts. We should live soberly, righteously, godly in this present world. If the amazing grace of God was real to you, if it's real to me, there'll number one be a great uh, there'll be a great delight. Number two, there will be a great denying. A great denying. Some people say, and it's true, we live in the age of grace. Thank God. But God's grace should not be mishandled. It should not be frustrated. It should not be misused and abused. The grace of God that has saved us from sin does not give us license to go back out and commit the sin that we were saved from. Now, are we still saved? Yes. We'll never lose our salvation. But it does not become an excuse to live whatever kind of lifestyle we want to live. The grace of God and being saved from sin. Listen, it's not freedom to sin. But it's freedom from sin. It's not liberty to live like a sinner, but liberty to live like our Savior. But it's going to take some guts on our part to stand up against the world. To stand up against our carnal nature, that adversary that rages within. And to say no, denying Hey, somebody, a young man. Can I get a, a couple of young men? A couple of quickly just come to this doorway here. Maybe this illustration will backfire. All right? Okay, come on, guys. Hurry, 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 hurry. People are waiting for the sermon to go. Let's go, let's go, let's go. <laughs> These young men represent sin. <laughs> we have ungodliness and we have worldly lusts. They want to come into your life and in your heart and in your home. Every single one of us. And as, if you could step back for a moment, as they seek to gain entrance into the door of our heart, one at a time, here we go. I'm God with us. Let's go. Let's go. No. <laughs> Go ahead and try to get in. Try to get in. <laughs> All right, stop there. 
hanging out fishing like that. <laughs> And I'll just uh, read it here. Of course, I don't know how I can because he's sitting there with a the computer trying to pull it up. But anyway, uh, Rome, uh, 2 Corinthians, go ahead and go there. 2 Corinthians 10, 2 Corinthians 10, verse number, um, notice verse number 4. It says, For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. Ungodliness and worldly lusts will build strongholds in your life. It may seem that you can have victory today, but tomorrow it will be a place that is impenetrable. Anybody who's played with sin has been preyed upon by that sin. Strongholds, casting down imaginations. Look at the adamacy here. Casting down imaginations. Every high thing that exalted itself against the knowledge of God bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ, and having a readiness to revenge all disobedience. We just reference these verses. Why? Because it teaches the same sort of 
passion that we should have in denying ungodliness and worldly lusts. God has called us unto holiness. The Bible says in 1 Thessalonians 4, 1 Thessalonians 4, verse number 3, we'll begin to read there, just look through this, for this is the will of God, even your sanctification. What is that? Being set apart for God's use, denying ungodliness and worldly lust. You refuse to let your life as a vessel be filled with sin and corruptible things. No, uh-uh, keep your hands off me. Stay out of my mind and out of my heart. I am reserved for God only. Amen. A great denying. Yep. That ye should abstain from fornication. That every one of you should know how to possess his vessel, his body, his mind, his heart, his everything, in sanctification and honor. That's powerful. We should know how to possess our body in such a way that it's constantly being set apart for God's use and not being set apart for sin's use. Honor. Sin brings dishonor. It always brings pain. Shame. A stain. Shame. It always does this. Sin. I've never seen anybody who's lived a life of sin and they have the blessing of heaven. No. God wants us to know um, how to possess our vessels in sanctification and honor. God wants us to know. Here, you know something here, you know something here. Two plus two is four, right? Because you know here and you know here. I can't convince you that it is anything else. If you're convinced of that, you know it. If I try to tell you it's fine, and you say, you're an idiot. You don't know what you're talking about. It's four for the airway. It's four. I'm convinced of it. I'll die over it because it's a constant. It's an absolute. It's a truth. We can know in our heads and our hearts how to possess our bodies for his honor. Do you seek to honor the Lord every day? Are you honoring God with your eyes? Your ears, your mind, your heart, your bodies. If the amazing grace of God was real to you, which will hoot and holler and say, Amen, yeah, praise the Lord for what he's done. Well, wait a second. When the rubber meets the road, there will be a denying of ungodliness and all the lusts. There is not a running rampant of I'm going to live how I want to live, do whatever I want to do, think, listen to, wear, dress. Engage in whatever I want to do. No, 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 no. Why do we say no? So we can say yes to him. Amen. It's time that some of us get guts for God. Amen. Coming down to verse number seven. I'm going to move that up. Look at that. Look at that. <laughs> now I'm going to bring it back down a little bit. Hopefully it can. There we go right there. <laughs> for God has not called us unto uncleanness. But into holiness. God's grace. Praise the Lord for it. But God's grace will never condone or give blessing to what His holiness condemns. God is not going to wink at sin or, okay, you want to do that? Okay, let me know when you're done. All right. Okay, all right, here I'm back. Okay, I forgive you. Let's move on. Are you serious? No. This is a very grievous thing to our Heavenly Father. And it should grieve our hearts as well. And may the Lord help us to see sin as God sees it. We'll get more to that, Lord willing, this week. And I pray that God will stir our hearts concerning this as He plants these seed thoughts within us. And I pray that they'll bring forth fruit. 
through this revival meeting and what God has in this conference coming up. Let's go ahead and get back to our text of Titus chapter number 2. Notice in the end of verse number 12, teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lusts, we should live how? Soberly, righteously, and godly. Where? In this present world. Number 3. If God's amazing grace is real to you, according to the Bible, there should be a great dedication. There is a great delay. There is a great denying. Saying no to sin, but then saying no, saying yes to our Savior. A great dedication. We should live. The grace of God wants to teach us. I pray that you have a teachable spirit. God's trying to help you. Help me grow every single day. I pray that God would bring forth this growth. growth that we would see fruit from this growth. That he will help us. And he can enable us to live as we ought to live. In such a way that brings him glory. To live soberly, righteously, and godly. Notice now in verse number 13. Mm, concerning this great dedication, and let's close this door here. They're getting a little wild. I'll go ahead and close it. Are we able to get out if I close the door? Or are we stuck in here? <laughs> Maybe it's not distracting you, but it's distracting me. And I don't want to be distracted. I want to make sure that I'm able to speak that which God would have. And it's not their fault, by the way. I'm not speaking ill of them. But if we could close that door, we're almost through. And this will help us as we focus these last few moments. There's a great dedication of living for Jesus. Living soberly, righteously, and godly in this present world. We're living in this world, not living of this world, but in this world. The Bible says in Philippians 2 that as a church... We are to be in the midst of a crooked and perverse nation among whom you shine as lights in the world, holding forth the word of life. That we are living in such a way that men, they see your good works, as the Bible says. Jesus says, yeah, you're the light. Man, let your light so shine before men. They see who you are. They give God the glory. We should stand out. Amen. We should stand up. We should be different because we are different. Soberly, righteously, godly in this present world. I'm concerned that too many young people are trying to blend in to the culture and the ways and the whims of this world. You were created and you were called to be different. A living for Jesus, a great dedication to live for Jesus. How dedicated are you to live for Jesus? Oh yeah, Sunday I'm, I'm in church. Look at me, I'm here tonight. Wow, this is great. I'll be here during the week, preacher, uh, when I can make it. Well, what about the rest of the time? You're not in the house of God. How you living? How's it going? Are you living for yourself? Or are you living for your Savior? I'm concerned that one of the greatest sins of the church is the sin of segregation. Where we separate our lives into two categories of the sacred. We've got church, we've got devotions, we've got witnessing, and these things. But then, as we go about the rest of our week, working our jobs and running errands, and engaging in various activities. It's all the secular. The same. It shouldn't be that way. That's right. It all should be lumped into one category. Yep. It all ought to be spiritual. Mm-hmm. Everything we say and do, bringing Him the glory. Everything that we engage in. Man, we're doing it with Jesus. We're living for Jesus. A great dedication. How dedicated are you to live for Jesus Christ? Verse number 13, the Bible says now... Not only living for Jesus, but looking for Jesus. Looking for that blessed hope. And the glorious appearing of the great God 
and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Do you realize that He's coming back? Amen. And every single day we live brings us closer to His return. I was convicted by this thought about a week and a half ago. As we see the day approaching, Hebrews says, as we see that day approaching, when the day comes, what will be our heart's response? Number one, it could be this, or you know, just a thought. It could be this, a heart of rejoicing. This is it, amen? Is that the trumpet? Here we go. We're gone. This world is not my home. I'm just passing through. Glory to God. Amen. Message to come. And when we hear the trumpet sound, there is a heart of rejoicing. That's the way it ought to be for all of us. Amen. A heart that says and sings and shouts, Oh yes, here it is. But I'm concerned that some of us, even myself, if we heard the trumpet sound, that there will be a heart of reservation. Oh no. This is it. No, 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 no. I, I, I wasn't ready. I still had things I needed to do for the Lord that I didn't do that I was supposed to do and I procrastinated and I, I was not uh, passionate pursuing and living as I ought to live. I need more time. There won't be any more time. No more time to do nothing. It's over. And could it be that when that day comes, there will be a heart of reservation within us where we say, we know it's coming and we're excited, but oh no, I left things undone, people I didn't reach, things that weren't accomplished, stuff that I know I should have been doing that I did not do with my life. Could it be this, a heart of regret? It says this, oh my. In that moment of the reality of eternity, when it strikes, we will see, what have I done? I have squandered my existence. I have wasted my time. I've wasted my talents and my treasures. I've taken myself and done that which is right in my own eyes, and I have nothing to show for it. Oh my God, what have I done? A heart of regret. If the Lord came back in our lifetime, all of us in this room, all of us in this room will greet it with one of three of those hearts. Mm. If we are looking for that blessed hope and glorious appearing of the great God and Savior, Jesus Christ, I believe tonight that we will meet it and greet it with a heart of rejoicing of, oh, yes. Why? Because day after day after day after day, the grace of God is teaching us to have a great dedication to be prepared for his return at any instant. Do you function that way? Do you live that way? We should. I'm concerned that we don't. A living for Jesus. A looking for Jesus. If we lived every day as if it was our last, it would give us urgency. Fervency. Intensity. Away with this bumbling along the way Baptist mindset. Here we go. Yeah, I guess I'll do this. I guess I'll do that. The Lord could come back. And we need to be shocked into the reality of his glorious return. It could be at any moment. That drives my wife and I. It could happen. 
And there's stuff that needs to be done before it happens. I don't know when it's going to happen. It may not happen around my lifetime, but I'm going to be prepared for it. Amen? Amen. Be ye ready, Jesus says. And lastly, subpoint, and we're almost through. You've been so patient and considerate through this message. I know it's been a long message, been a heavy message. But we notice now, <clears throat> living for Jesus, looking for Jesus, laboring, laboring for Jesus. I suppose we could word this in that way. This great dedication to live for Jesus day by day by day, living for Jesus, living honorably, living holy and godly and righteously and soberly in this present world, not living uh, with the world or for the world or of the world, but in the world. That's a difference. Amen. Difference makers living for Jesus, looking for Jesus. As a result of this, this leads us to be laboring for Jesus. Verse number 14. I may have stepped on your cord. Or maybe the computer, oh, there it goes. All right, notice verse number 14. Who gave himself for us that he might redeem us from all iniquity and purify unto himself a peculiar people. How shall we be living? Zealous of good works. Zealous, a fanatic. A fanatic. A maniac. Someone who's radically aggressive a spirit of reckless abandon, all in for God. Hey, you as a mom and a father, mom and dad, grandparent, raising children in the nurture and admonition of the Lord, this is good work. Be zealous about it. You being a pastor to this church, that's a good work, brother. God bless you for your years of faithfulness. What God has done through you and your family, continue to stay zealous, a fanatic, about these people and the people that God wants you to claim in this community. You as a church member and you as a faithful layman and as a soul and as a servant for God and all the things that we could discuss concerning good works and soldiering on for Jesus and standing true and fast in the faith and not letting the world run rampant in our culture. You living for God and doing what ought to be done. This is a good work. Let's be a fanatic for Christ. Amen. Amen. Let's be a maniac for our master. Let's have a spirit of radical aggressiveness. Gotta do it. Gotta live it. Yeah. Of reckless abandon. We're all in. All out for God. What is there to lose? Amen? Nothing, by the way. Everything to gain, by the way. The gates of hell on the run. The church of God growing and going forward. Right. From victory unto victory. And the amazing grace of God was real to us. Truly real. It will do something within us that would transform how we function on right. a daily basis. Right. And could it be some of us need that transformation. Some of us need this rededication. Some of us need to get a delight back. We've lost our joy. Hey, we've been letting sin run amok. In our church, and by the way, one of the things that will zap you from energy and excitement and thrill for Jesus Christ more than anything else is sin, especially sensual perversion. We wonder why our young people have lost that fire and that pioneering spirit. It's because they're addicted to things that they should not be watching and they should not be engaging and listening to. God deliver us from that spirit. I'm telling you, we need this. And I'm thankful that it's something that we can have and something that we can experience. In a moment, my wife is going to come and she's going to play the piano. I would like for you to play that song as you're all on the altar. Because tonight, could it be that we need to make an altar out of the front 
of this upstairs room in this memorial hall that we're gathering in, that this would be holy ground to us. Amen. They would say, God, if, if we're guilty of it, that we wouldn't hold anything back and say, God, I've lost the joy. I don't have the delight like I used to. Forgive me. I know that's grieved you and I know it's wrong. God, I ask, please, you restore unto me the joy of, my, of thy salvation in my heart. I need that. God, I haven't been saying no to sin. I haven't been denying your godliness and worldly lust. I've been watching movies that I shouldn't watch, engaging in things, things entertaining me or influencing me that I've been allowing into my heart and into my home. Come on, mom and dad. Influences in your life that have been infiltrating into your children and you're done with it. Enough is enough. It's time that we say no to the world and to the devil. And my own flesh that wants it. It's time that we say yes to Jesus. Oh, that we would dedicate ourselves all in for God. The hour grows late. And there is a need for workers and laborers now more than ever. And God will use you as you go forward with great dedication by His grace. Father, would you use these things to help us and strengthen us as people? Lord, the flesh profit of nothing. Without you, we can do nothing. Lord, thank you for your grace. Lord, we need more grace. We need grace to teach us and transform us. Be the vessel that you'd have us to be for thy glory and the furtherance of the gospel. Forgive us for where we have failed you. Help us to move forward with a greater passion, as the passage said, zealous of good works. I wonder tonight how bad we really want it, God. How aggressive are we in this thing? We've only got one shot at life. Help us to give it our all and not hold anything back. Heads are about eyes are closed. No one looking around. I would like to ask three questions. Maybe more, but definitely three. Brother Garraway. God spoke to my heart. I needed this message. He's used it to refresh me, reignite something within me. He's just helped me. I needed this message. It was for me. God has done a work. Through his grace in my heart, that's me. Would you raise your hand high above your head? Is that you tonight? Is that you? Would you raise your hand by way of testimony? No one looking around, just you, me, and the Lord. God bless you. Many, many hands across this room. God bless you. Are there some that say, with the Garraway, God spoke to my heart. I, I'm thankful for what he's done for me, but I, I've, lost, I've lost that great delight, that pep in the step, that joy, that unspeakable and full of glory that I should have. I, and I know that it's missing, and I, I want God to restore that in my heart, my life. And humbly tonight, and hungrily tonight, I'm asking God to do that work in me. Tonight, this week, these meetings coming up for God to do this work. That's me. Would you raise your hand? With no shame, that's me, that's me, that's me, many of us. God bless you. God bless you. We talked about a great denying. I'm not going to ask for a show of hands. But I want you to ponder it tonight. Have you been saying no to sin? Are there areas that you've let the devil win? Have you been denying ungodliness and worldly lusts? Or have you been making provision for the flesh to fulfill the lust thereof? There's mercy at the cross tonight, there's forgiveness. 
Please seek the Lord in a spirit of repentance on this because it's sin and it's, it's wrong, it's wicked. I'm thankful that if we confess our sin, He is faithful and just to forgive us and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Do business with God concerning that. The final question, Brother Garraway, God has spoken to my heart about a great dedication. I want my heart, my life, to live for Jesus, to look for Jesus, to labor for Jesus, even so much the more in 2024. God has truly stirred me to be more all in or to go all in than I have before. That's me. I need to make the decision. Would you raise your hand above your head? Is that you tonight? Would you raise it? God bless you. Many hands. God bless you. Last question. For the year, I need to surrender or resurrender my life to Jesus Christ. I need to give him my heart, give him my all, be all in for the Lord. God dealt with me about that. That's me. Was there one like that from left to the right, back to the front? I see several hands tonight. God bless you. God bless you. It's a great victory enjoying that. Well, church, let's do business with God tonight. I don't know what your pattern is, but if we could just do it how we normally do it in our revival meetings. My wife is going to play the piano. We'll stand to our feet after I pray. You make your way. You make your way to this front. You gather around this little pulpit tonight. You seek the Lord. Let's pray as a church family and cry out unto God and seek Him who is worthy to hear our cries. Father, help us now as we seek You. We love You. Stir within us as we meet with You in this time of prayer and dedication. In Jesus' name we pray. Would you stand to your feet? Would you come? Would you not hesitate? Would you come? God dealt with you. Would you come all the way to the front? All the way to the front? All the way here to the wall? Do not come unless you need to come. Don't come because it's your habit to come or because it's expected of you. This is a serious thing. This is a moment of sincere prayer. It's serious. It's sincere. A lot of truth tonight. A lot of truth tonight. I've preached from my heart and I've preached my heart out. Surrender your all. Give everything to Him. Why are you at the altar? What are you praying right now? How are you seeking God? Seek the Lord. You take your time. You seek the Lord until your heart is clear. Seek ye the Lord while he may be found. Call ye upon him while he is near. He's near unto us tonight. He's been working in our midst. Tonight there may need to be some family decisions made. Mom and dad, talk about it tonight before you go to bed. Maybe things that you've let slip, things that you've let slide in the home. As we seek to elevate Christ, that God would strengthen our conviction for Him. God would give us boldness in this grace to take the high road of holiness. So you know what? We're, we're, we're done with these various influences and we're just going to say no and deny ungodliness and worldly lust. We, you know what? We're not going to fiddle with these things and mess with these things. Young people, if your parents make decisions, 
to raise the standard in the home. Don't fight that. Embrace that. Appreciate that. Enjoy that. Thank God for that. Are you living today as if it's your last? It could be the day the trumpet sounds. Maybe tonight, the night is young. Maybe tonight you need to make a phone call. Need to go talk to a friend, a family member. genuinely ask God to forgive you of sin God will genuinely forgive you of that sin Trust that your heart is clear with the Lord tonight. I trust that God has had liberty tonight. During this revival conference and these pastor meetings and all the services, we're praying that God would give unto us something called a thin place. Have you ever heard of that before? A thin place. The revivals of yesteryear Specifically, the Welsh Revival, the outpouring of God that happened globally in that one little country, honestly an annex on the side of England, it became an epicenter of a great revival work. The young and old, their hearts stirred. Tens of thousands of people being saved, added to the church in a matter of weeks. God explosively doing something supernatural. But the Spirit of God and the presence of God was so evident and so rich and so real to the people that would gather together to the magnifying of Christ through public worship and singing and through the preaching of God's Word. The Spirit of God was so evident and so sensed and felt, they decided to describe it and call it a thin place. A place where the physical and the eternal seem to meet where if we could God's presence so rich and thick we could reach out and touch the very throne of heaven itself because it's that evident within us a place where the hand of God and heaven was touching the earth that's what we want we want a manifestation of God's presence because revival is something that we cannot work up 
but it's something that's brought down as we seek him who desires to visit us and minister among us. Thank you for the opportunity for us to be here, and we look forward to what God has in store this week. And the people say, Amen. Praise the Lord. So, we have um, a very good um, week ahead of us, and we thank the Lord for the moving of His Holy Spirit. Uh, this is, you know, many of you will be awakened in the, in the working of God in your life. Uh, maybe that's the first time that, um, you know, your, your spirit has encountered such, um, you know, working. I do not know, you know, the level of um, impact on that. But I know it's very impactful um, to our lives and steers our heart. That's what, this is what I said. This is what I said to you. Um, looking forward to this conference that um, the Word of God will stir our hearts to be ready, make sure that you will be turning up during um, the conference. If, if it will, you know, it will, if it will come to the point that you have to, you know, uh, take an absence from work, then you will be, um, in, you know, um, encountering financial problem maybe with that, but I believe if you will be able to come to the conference, that is worth it. That would be worth it. I told you already this morning that it's such a blessing that the Lord has allowed this conference to be here in our church, and we are the host. Because if, I, if we are not the host, if this conference will be in Australia, I would go there. I would go to Australia, I'll buy my ticket, I will pay my, my um, accommodation, and I will have a, ha a car to drive around. And I may take with me also some few men. And that would be, you know, um, costly, for sure. That would be very costly. And I cannot imagine to think that any of our people in the church would allow this conference to slip away. Slip away. That, that is something unimaginable to me because even before I became a pastor, my pastor already told, you know, to, he took me around to, to pastor's conference, missions conference, camps, all sorts of camps. And far and near, we go to camps. And my pastor will sometimes will pay the price of whatever it is, but he wants us to be in that meeting. He wants us because he wants us to grow. He wants us to learn. He wants us to be, you know, all these volumes of messages. And praise the Lord because I re remember for many times, I, the Lord will just break my heart at the preaching of God's word that my knees have frequently visited these places. My, my knees have frequently visited this place. And I surrendered my life to God for many occasions. And again, I, I told you already this morning, the Lord will not use people outside of the church. The Lord will only use people in the church. 
That is why, you know, we need to be around where the preaching of God is. Around the Word of God. Because that is where the Holy Spirit of God will work. Come, you know, Thursday or even Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Do not miss that. Do not miss that. I encourage you, if it will cost you because you need, um, you know, you need to take that absence uh, from work. I encourage you. Okay, I'll give you this. I, you know already my, you know already my testimony here about coming to church Sunday. Coming to church Sunday for many of us, you know, you can easily like drop one Sunday and anyway, just one Sunday. But as, as I told you already, maybe there are some new people here that do not know my testimony about this. Um. I worked as a fireman for 10 years, from 1996 to 2006. I was a fireman, fire, working in the fire department. I was not in the firefighting. I, I spent firefighting maybe for five years, but most of my life in the fire department, I was an, um, um, a telephone operator. I handled this trunk line, like this size, table. All this number there, all this number. People from the city in Cebu, they will dial one number, it comes to my trunk line. And I will answer that while I'm answering this phone. I can see the beeping number here, and I will answer the same. My, my, my hand and my ears, my, my earpiece, always like there, because you just keep on pressing and answer people. That's my, my, that's my job, the first call of fire alarms come to this trunk line. I sat there the whole eight hours. Now, um, it was my, my duty, my work is in every month, we work two days on, one day off. So for the whole month, it varies, our day off will vary. Sometimes Sunday will be hit. Then Sunday here, I can tell um, my, my works, I can tell how many Sundays in a year uh, I will be um, working. So this Sunday, that Sunday, that Sunday, that Sunday. Okay, I arrange. I arrange with my, my um, peers. I said, okay, a friend, take this Sunday and this Sunday and I will pay you wherever you want, whatever day you want. But take this Sunday, this Sunday. So they took it, they took it. All my Sunday is clear. I can go to church, praise the Lord, no problem. I set my schedule like that. Then there was this one time. One time, one of my friends canceled our agreement. This, I, I cannot find someone else to, carry, to cover me. Everyone cannot cover me. No one could cover me. And that Sunday, I said, no, I cannot, I cannot do the work like that and uh, not come to church. I was there 7 o'clock in the morning. 8 o'clock, I left. I left my job. I left the trunk line. Now, it's not that there's no one that will answer. There's, there, I have my mate there. I have my mate there. But they are also, this, this guy is holding the radios. All the radio police station, the, the emergency radio, uh, provincial radio, city, the mayor will call this radio. And this one here is our, is our manager. He would not attend to this. 
my friend here, from time to time, will answer the phone here. He has no choice, but he's only one. But if there is a fire alarm, that this place will explode. That radio there, this radio here, the manager will will focus on this radio. He will be, he's not able to handle even his own radio there. But this one will explode. I mean, not explode, explode. It will just be chaos. I'll tell you, while I, while I went to, to the church, I was thinking, I will lose my job. I will lose my job. And that Sunday, it was very clear. I was thinking already that if there is a fire now, I would lose my job. And in fact, it's not just losing my job. I, may, I might go to jail. Because if there is a fire and people die in their house because I'm, I'm not in my post, I would serve jail. That was very... But I, I said, I said, I have nothing to lose. If I die, I will go to heaven anyway. So, Pastor Jimbo preached. Uh, you know Pastor Jimbo, he, he really preached long. <laughs> Pastor Jimbo preached long. And praise the Lord for that. I, I, I have no um, problem with him preaching long. But I was waiting until he said amen in his prayer. When he said amen, boom! <laughs> I ran out of the building go into the highway, running, running, looking for taxi while running. Found a taxi, you know, jump onto the taxi, straight to my, to my work. And I ran from taxi, ran to the, to the communication section, office, get there, so calm. I said, I said friend, how is it? It's very, very quiet. Praise the Lord. Five minutes after the fire alarm came. Five minutes. The first alarm. I answered that. It was unbelievable. I sent a first responder. I sent this fire truck. I sent that fire truck. And assess the situation ah it was chaotic because when the when the fire 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 truck will pass by a street people it, all those people will ring us because thinking maybe the fire is in, in their neighborhoods so all people will will um, ring our trunk line i i'm telling you do not do that what i did maybe <laughs> i'm not encouraging you to do that but I'm just pointing this to you because I really am appalled on people taking absence in the church. I'm not going to blame anyone if they will take absence in the church easily. But I already, you know, surrender my life to God and then I will be somewhere else. I am willing to lose my job. I am willing to lose my job than to, to the place, to be in the place that, you know, outside of the will of God. And I'm not saying that, you know, attending to my job is outside of the will of God. It's just that I said, Lord, I want to be in your service. I want to be in your church. 
That is why the reason why the Lord maybe picked me up as a pastor. Because as I told you, the Lord will only use people in the church. So the Lord will use you, just the Lord will make you prosper even in your old age if you will just stay you know in the in in the service of the lord that is why again i encourage you whatever hinders you perhaps potential things that will hinder you this coming week you know come make the time strive whatever is you know the um, uh, possible way that you can come and do not miss any of the services do not miss because I told you this is very very um, unusual occasion this is very special occasion for our church and I don't want any of you to miss because I want you to be blessed by God I want you to be to, to, to grow I want yeah. you to to you know to, to, to get the full potential of your blessing just like what Brother Caleb wanted to his children. Me too, as a pastor, I want the full potential of God's blessing upon your life. And this is one way. Come to these um, services and encourage people, your friends, your loved ones. Bring them. If it will cost you money, you know, to bring them here and a taxi or whatever. Or if we, have, if we are able to help, just let us know. Let us gather people and let's bring people because this might be the only opportunity that these people can have to hear the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Let's bow our heads in prayer. Let's close this now in the word of prayer. We thank the Lord, praise the Lord for the moving of His Spirit. Thank you, Brother Caleb, and, uh, and the beautiful music too, uh, Sister Katie. Let's pray. Our Father in heaven, Lord, we are just, um, um, Lord, getting excited, you know, in our hearts, Lord, of... Uh, the potential working of your spirit in the midst of our conference tonight lord you have stirred our hearts um lord we are not worthy at all of all this blessing lord that you have given to us and yet you are so faithful that you have given us all this blessing father thank you for the people oh lord that um you have touched their hearts thank you lord for um, allowing them, Lord, uh, to see the um, the working of God, of the Holy Spirit is um, a great blessing to us tonight. Lord, uh, thank you for bringing to us um, Brother Caleb and Sister Katie. Work in their lives, Lord. Um, continue to use them and use them mightily as you have um, allowed them, Lord, to come. I pray that this will be a great blessing to our people and perhaps, Lord, a great blessing to those who are um, unsaved at the moment that will be able to hear the gospel in the coming days. Lord, um, we just entrust to you, Lord, um, our conference and thank you, O God, for um, the, your word that we have heard tonight. Thank you for the moving of the Holy Spirit in our midst and bless, Lord, your people. Thank you, Lord. Whatever commitments, Lord, that they have made tonight, whatever surrenders that they have, um, Lord, um, spoken to you tonight, Lord, I pray that you will just help them, Lord, by your grace, that they will be able, Lord, to fulfill whatever promise that they have made tonight to you. Please, Lord.
bless these people and continue, Lord, to use these people. Prosper these people spiritually and in all um, prosperity, Lord, please give to them. Because, Lord, we want, uh, Lord, that they will also will abound with all the blessings that are coming from you. Bless all of us tonight and continue, Lord, to be with us as we prepare ourselves for this coming week. And thank you, Lord, for the great blessing. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Praise the Lord. All right. So, um, again, tonight, um, I would like to request everyone. Um, we have, we have um, those CDs there. We have those CDs. Um, Brother Caleb already explained it to you. But tonight, I'm so blessed of uh, the message. I am really inspired and encouraged. I want, I want tonight, we will give um, special 